0: the bonus two-man game inside. Thomas, dominant, dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid, and he got some dog in. And the steal, they can tie it with a three. Murray, yes! A Murray miracle in the desert!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez, and today, as always, I guess I get to say again Ooh. now... We've got Chris Watkins on the show of Sacramento Sports Eleven Forty. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well, man. I'm just coming off uh, watching that U.S. Wales game. Uh, we're recording here a couple hours after that ended, so yeah, you know, just uh, digesting that and uh, you know trying to enjoy the few amount of victories I got this weekend. As as you know, I'm a Vikings fan as well, and that was not a fun Sunday. So, uh, very very rare instance where the Sacramento Kings or where I look for my joy uh, from a sporting <laughs> perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, what does the world come to? Uh, watching you uh, witness the, <laughs> the Vikings get just dumpstered by the worst NFL team to ever exist in the yeah. Cowboys was a hilarious experience. Um, as somebody that's also obviously very into sports, I know the feeling of watching your team get shit on and it just, just ruins your day.
0: Shat on, and bro. I couldn't help I but
1: cool. just keep, hugging with you the whole the whole day um it, it was pretty it was funny for me i understand why it was frustrating for you um it, and then
0: i can i can well. take like people jabbing me but like on it is really just like the game itself that really fucking pisses me off
1: no it makes sense and then uh the, like you said the world cup started in the u.s men's team played today against wales um my question to you is am, am i a shitty american for for not even watching yes, that already, game i
0: can I can already tell you you're not for watching the game, but yeah, you are a shitty American. Um fair enough. Um yeah, I mean, it you know what? I would argue that it is the American thing to do. It probably to is watch the soccer game. Oh, to not Though, watch? I guess Yes, to not watch. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it's you know, it's it's a very American thing to be like, oh, did the World Cup start already? Oh my bad. I I I, I meant to watch that. I was gonna get around to that actually, but um I just was literally doing anything else.
1: I, I really don't have an excuse. Like I guess I was doing my writing on the Pistons game, but right. I I knew that this was today. I didn't know the time, but like yesterday, right. I was talking to one of the uh, I was talking to people pregame, and they were like Barbosa super hyped for the World Cup, of course <laughs> that makes Brazilian sense, right. blur, right. and he's hitting like some crazy uh, passes, like kicks uh, with the, with basketballs pregame. Like he, oh on yeah, one. I've seen it. he is yeah. on. Uh, But yeah, I guess I should tune into that a little bit more. I know everybody, all the Kings Beat listeners love when we talk about non-basketball. stuff. (laughs) That's how we'd start this one since it's a fan favorite. Uh, But just to get into the basketball talk, I guess, we're here to do. Kings won their sixth game in a row uh, last night, or not night, I guess it was a 3 p.m. game on Sunday against the Detroit Pistons. Marvin Bagley's first return to Golden 1 Center since being traded uh, yeah, again, Kings won their sixth game in a row. That's nine of 11 now, and they improved to nine and sixth. They are sitting at uh, what is their seed right now? Five. Currently fifth the fifth seed, seed in the West, which is insane. A game and a half out of first, also a game and a half out of 10th. It, it is a damn close, <laughs> damn close race in the Western Conference right now. Um, but that game obviously ended up going in Sacramento's direction. And I, I think the most interesting thing to me is that like we know that they're a damn good offense they were ranked second in offense but this is a day where they weren't really hitting their threes the kings they were they ended up 12 of 35 from beyond the arc in this game and 12 triples is the second least amount of triples they've made in a game this year i think they've hit 12 like three or four times now um but to have a poor shooting night for their standards, which is still 34% from beyond the arc, and drop 137. Like the offense is, is ridiculous. And a lot of that has to do with, I don't know how many times we could talk about him without repeating ourselves, but De'Aaron Fox is playing out of his mind, man. Like, 33 points, seven assists, four rebounds, 11 of 18 from the field, two of four from three, nine and nine from the free throw line. I wanted to kind of take the angle today of like his confidence looks ridiculous to me and I I thought the the peak example of that is that when Malik Monk got tossed which we'll talk about that in a sec when Malik Monk got tossed he had an and one free throw he still had to shoot but he got tossed and so Detroit gets to pick whoever out of the guys that were on the floor which they almost thought that they could pick somebody that wasn't on the floor and KZ Apollo went to check into the game and I think it's hilarious that KZ now knows that the, the Pistons wanted to pick him out of anybody on the roster to shoot free throws. But instead they chose De'Aaron Fox and Fox.
0: When we, we went to one practice or we, we we've been to many Kings practices, but there was one practice where uh, they essentially did that same um, exercise. You no, know, where uh, they, they had split the team into two teams and it was a free throw contest. And at the end, each team got to pick one player from the other team, to take one free or go. It was recent, I think it was uh back and forth, like a head to head free throw battle. Do you remember who was in that? I think it was Alex Len and Chima. Am I right? I honestly don't remember. That okay. sounds about right to me though. Right. I was just curious who, who the Kings probably thought was the worst free throw shooter on the team, but
1: well, of the guys on the floor, it should have been Sabonis that Detroit right. picked, but they Absolutely. picked the Aaron Fox, who I think was, Six of six from the free throw line at the point. At that point, and he he went over, or he on the way to once he realized he got picked, definitely let Detroit's bench hear it for a sec, and asked him about it post game, and he pretty much said like, "Why would you do that? I, I've hit every free throw I've made so far this game, and I think that that's just really telling of the confidence of De'Aaron Fox. Like he ended the the day nine and nine from the free throw line." and the fact that he gets picked for free throws and his reaction now is why would you pick me? Not right. even a like thought of I understand why they would. I was a bad free throw shooter before, but instead like why would you do that? I thought was was super telling. Like his confidence is on another level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like it's for that reason it's incredibly apparent also his just his conf- you can just tell his confidence uh taking the 3 is is way way up there at this point and like he's he's been confident in the sense of it always feels like for the past two seasons at least he's came out came out the gate like in the first 10 15 games of the season really really trying to establish his three-point shot and then it eventually you know as we've seen it kind of is has always regressed to the low 30 percentile range but now so he's always, you know, had an element of that confidence, but now you it really, really like it, it, I don't know if it's just kind of an eye test thing, but you can tell the way he's pulling up uh, for these threes that he really does feel like they're all going in. Um, and even a uh, one specifically that comes to mind was yesterday. Um, he had, uh, he got a three, I think he was a trailer and he was wide open. Uh, on the wing and Marvin is like kind of closing out on him and he absolutely could have pumped him. Marvin would have gone flying. He could have driven to the rim, but instead I like, you know, like you said, he's, he's incredibly confident right now. And it feels like all of his, you know, it feels like he's, he's a legitimate 40% three point shooter right now. Um, which where is he hovering at, at this exact moment? He's 38%, uh, from, from three right now. Uh, and he from the line is eighty four percent, which are which are both career highs, um, and it feels like it, it's really legitimate, and it's it's only going to get better as his career goes on.
1: It feels like it is, man. I, I mean, I, I got to talk to to Luke Lauk's assistant coach that worked right. a lot with De'Aaron throughout the course of this offseason on his jump shot. Um, I got to talk to him pregame yesterday, and at some point there will be an article out on that as I kind of piece that all together, but. One of the big things that stood out was um, a lot of it being on shot selection. And that's what De'Aaron mentioned post game. is that he's just kind of picking his spots. There was specifics to his form that they cleaned up, but it's really just his confidence being on another level and, and his shot selection. And for him to be averaging 25 points on 55% from the field and then the numbers you mentioned, 38% from three, 84% from the line. Like this guy's on one right now. Um, he, he just won Western Conference Player of the Week. And ironically, Tyrese Halliburton won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Both of their teams went 3-0. and Both the Pistons and the Kings are 8-2 and in their last 10 games, which is just, or I'm sorry, both the uh, Pacers and the Kings mm-hmm. are 8-2 and in their last 10 games, which is just hilariously ironic to me. Um, but the Kings are playing great. Sabonis has been a big part of it. Uh, don't need to get too much into it, but there definitely uh, were some whistles yesterday that felt reminiscent of the beginning of the year when it mm-hmm. came to Domas. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick on, on Malik getting tossed. The first tech is the really weird one to me that he Mm -hmm. got, because the second one, I I get why it frustrated people. Malik had, I I think the play before De'Aaron got a steal and finished in transition. That might've been the Ivy one, the one where he had Ivy spinning in circles and then threw it down. And then the next play, Malik gets a steal and he gets a really tough and one finish. And then right after he's kind of flexing right in front of Killian Hayes and he gave him a shoulder bump. And it kind of knocked Hayes back. And that's a T. Like, I I don't like that that's a T. But in the modern NBA, that is 100% a technical. And to be honest, like, Malik just needs to know that I already have a tech. That is probably going to get him tossed. There's a chance it doesn't get called. More often than not, it's going to, though, right?
0: Absolutely. Like, that. if you just clip that moment, that is like some shit that they would show at the beginning of the year from the NBA referee officials to be like, this is an example of a technical foul. Like, like you pointed out, I mean, Malik flexed, which we've already seen Terrence Davis got a tech for straight for just flexing. Uh, didn't, you know, he did. I think he, if I remember correctly, he did kind of step over. I think it was Dame, um, in the, it was the first game of the season. Um, so we've seen precedent for that. And then you throw on top that, Malik really did take steps towards uh who was it that he that he did it to? Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. He took steps towards him and then like you mentioned, really did extend his forearm a little bit. And it wasn't, you know, the biggest shove, but you 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 just can't do that. Um and I do think his first tech, if I had to guess, it was one of those magic word techs where he said, Are you fucking kidding me? or whatever, some something I, I, you know, I can't really. I that is one of the great mysteries is things said on an NBA floor, um, and like what does officially get you a technical foul? Because we see people complaining after every single call, but there is, there does seem to be calls like the one Malik got where it's instant. Like you say a magic word and boom, you're automatically hit with one. Because it really was like Malik got a foul, complained about the foul got called for attack like in that order incredibly fast like as Scott Moak announced foul on Malik Monk it was immediately foul on Malik Monk technical foul on Malik Monk so um, yeah like you said I I definitely think Malik needs to be smarter in that moment and just kind of know like you're already on watch and you will get it like (laughs) your next one will toss you and that's exactly what happened
1: yeah, that was totally uh that was definitely a tech. But Malik was playing well. Um, that led to Keegan kind of being in the closing lineup. They went with Fox, Herter, Keegan, Barnes, and Sabonis. Um, that lineup did all right. Keegan still looks like he's getting adjusted for sure. Yeah. Um, but the, the King starters were were just the stars of the show. I mean, 15, 13, and seven for Sabonis. Harrison Barnes, twenty-seven, nine, and three which is on 8 of 11 shooting, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. We're going to get more into Barnes in a sec. Uh, Murray, 13 points, uh, 2 rebounds, and an assist. Shooting wasn't great, 4 of 10, 1 of 6 from from 3. Um, I, I still think he's just getting comfortable learning where his shots are within the flow of the offense, and it's just typical ro- rookie growing pains. Darren Fox, we mentioned, 33 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 11 of 18 from the field, 9 and 9 from the free throw line. And then Kevin Herter, 24 points. Five rebounds, five assists on 10 of 19 from the field, four of 11 from three. And real quick on Herter, like, I, I think that this was a game. This was the second game in a row. He was cold, and a lot of shots weren't going in. I, I think Mike even mentioned post game. Coach Brown mentioned post game that, like, Herter had a couple shots that went halfway down and then came out. But I, I don't have the exact number in front of me. Herter hit at least three of his triples in the fourth quarter. And this isn't the first time we've seen him be cold. What was that?
0: I haven't pulled it. He did. He was three of five uh, in that fourth quarter from three.
1: And this isn't the first time we've seen him be cold and then still hit the big shots down the stretch. He's really done it all year. He has. And I love that confidence and just like being willing to get that many threes up.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, like you mentioned, he's continued to stay ready the entire game, regardless of of, you know, if he's shooting well or not. And, uh, you know, there's been one game where it really seems like he's starting to establish that kind of fall away out the paint. You know, he'll drive in the paint and then just kind of fall away uh, and give a little uh, floater. That's been a really good shot. But the thing that's impressed me the most, and it's been insane uh, credit Terrence Davis, who I think this also fits under Um, just, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter if he has hit a shot all game. He will hit the deepest step back three when we really need it. Uh, in the biggest moment and like the, the level of difficulty and to the deer and Fox conversation earlier, the level of confidence that you have to have in yourself and in your shot to just be unconscious like that uh, is, is a huge testament to, to hurt her. And also, like I mentioned, Terrence Davis who shout out him uh, came out completely cold in that third quarter. Brown subbed him in, I think legitimately in the last like 30 seconds of that third quarter uh, and then Darren passed it right. Or no, he, he played two minutes in that third quarter. I don't remember it, but, uh, he had that play going. I think it was a buzzer beater going into yeah. the fourth, uh, where he, he just came in, nailed the three and it was, uh, your, your buddy Blake, he had just gotten to the game and he was like, how was that TD's first points of the game? And you were like, right. cause he literally just checked in. Uh, so big ups to those two guys for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, if you're shooting 51% from three, I, I would hope that,
1: that you're pretty confident. Right. He good <laughs> definitely, Herder definitely about it. is, man. Like, I think the big question with him uh, and like, you know, I I'd question like, is there a way that this guy ends up in like most improved player conversations with a change in role? But the big question was like, is he a guy that's comfortable shooting a lot more than he did in Atlanta? And I think we've right. seen the answer to that so far. Um, Absolutely. So so that's that's been great from Herder. But on HB, man, HB obviously had a really tough start to the season. I said on, on the Kings beat that I was worried he could be washed. <laughs> I was worried he could be. I did not say he was, for what it's worth. Um, nobody will listen to me when I say that, but whatever. Right. I feel good about getting <laughs> it out there. Um, but in these in the six-game win streak, man, HB's been playing great. It, throughout the course of these six games, he's averaging 16.8 points, 6.3 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.2 steals on 61% from the field, 42% from three, just over three attempts per game, and 89% from the free throw line, just over six free throw attempts per game. Um, HB looks like the player that we expected again. And I think diff- pe- different people had different expectations for what that means for HB, but I think it's telling that Coach came out and the very first thing he did in his postgame presser which we're going to get to because the vibe around that presser was not what you would expect it to be no. when the Kings just won their sixth game in a row. very first thing he said, though, was that HB's been playing well, that he thought he stepped up on both ends of the floor and had a big game for, for the Kings. And he mentioned him guarding Bogdanovich, who was very clearly Detroit's best player. In yeah. the game against Brooklyn, KD was the, uh, he was the one assigned to KD. And I think he's been solid on defense. It, it's kind of like typical it's just what HB was last year. I think he has his moments where you definitely want more. I don't, I wouldn't say he's like a great at containing the perimeter or anything, but he's their best wing defender right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that says a lot about the team also to was withstanding. True, true. But KZ, yeah, Casey, the one that's game. playing. Yeah. He's their best yes. wing
0: option. That's, you know,
1: yeah, no, that's a good point. It. Cause KZ is definitely that guy, but KZ just seems like he can't find his, his role on offense. So I think that HB looks really comfortable. Those, those numbers are, are kind of evidence to that. And, and Barnes said, um, post game that if, as much, uh, the quote I have is, is quote, I just think it's a sense of chemistry, knowing where guys spots are, where passes are going to come cuts are going to happen. And I think now we're kind of clicking. We ha- we kind of have that continuity that at the beginning of the season we didn't have. Um, there's a part of me that's wondering if HB seemed like a guy that loved Sacramento that liked Sacramento. Um, I slow down on the word love cause it's a yeah, strong word. That. But he seemed like a guy that really liked Sacramento and then slowly soured on it because they were shit, to be honest. And there's part of me that wonders, like, and I had wondered this at the beginning of the year, that, like, if this team performs well, as they have been, is there a way that HB comes back? And I don't think we're going to know the answer to that question. But, like, I think that that is a possibility. And it doesn't really seem to be, like, talked about as one. Do you think I'm out there for that?
0: First off, I want to address the HB how he feels about sack. I think, I, I think what you said is fair. I think uh, you know whether he's soured on sack. I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but like he definitely. I think when he first got here, he was like, "Oh, this is a place where." I could, I which he did. I believe he did sign another extension. Right. He could picture himself being here in the long term, being a fit, um, and just kind of you know not not being their star. Because let's not forget when he the team, the situation he was coming from was Dallas, where he was paid to be their best player or second best player, uh, and then obviously once he got here to sack, it was definitely more of like, hey, can you just be a solid role guy for us? Um, And I think that was very, very enticing to Harrison, especially when he was going to get paid what he has gotten paid, um, which he has deserved. He has been incredibly solid for sure. But uh, I think it's just kind of more. He is he's opened himself up to the possibility of like, yeah, I could definitely like there's no reason to stay here. And it is, like you mentioned, because of the losing Um, in terms of in regards to him staying, I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, I would be very surprised if it happened. But if things start going well here, you know, and if Harrison can keep, up I, I would be surprised if he can keep up the numbers that you mentioned earlier. I would probably expect his field goal percentage to drop to around 50%. And maybe that results in him being like a 14, six and two kind of guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a chance, but I, I, if I had to imagine, he he would have some value out on the open market. I don't think it's a very good free agent class, if I'm not mistaken. Like Zach Levine is is kind of like the the best player, and it's kind of a bunch of Harrison Barnes level role players. It would be very surprising because he can he. This is his last chance for a payday. I've mentioned that countless times so far this off season. He's thirty years old this will be his last chance to get a prime uh, you know maximize his earning potential which I think is kind of important to him yeah I don't know he can just end up on a better situation I think is is kind of what we're all going to realize Harrison the Kings fans um, and I still think I would be surprised if he I, I would personally be surprised if he makes it to the end of the season because I don't know why the Kings would sign up for essentially just losing him just for the sake of being, you know, if they just because they would feel like Harrison being on the team would make them a better team. um, It would make them better for this year. But if he goes next year, you just kept him on for the entire season to be a play in team yeah, we'll or, see what... or wherever they end up. You know, I guess at this right. point we really, we were talking last episode. We really can't put our ceiling on these te- on this team yet, but you know, it's, I I just feel like Harrison's going to have a lot of value out on that open market.
1: We'll see what ends up happening and and I don't mean to speculate on on his mental um because we don't know, but it's kind of piecing the dots together that we've seen like he, he's talked like he he like he likes the city of Sacramento. I don't think there's ever been anything with the city or anything. I'm just saying like from I I do this often and maybe it's irresponsible of me, but I like just imagine the human aspect of being in that person's shoes. And I would be super frustrated with the amount of losing that had happened and the the way that it happened since he's been here. And maybe there's an aspect of this thing turning around could change how he feels about potentially sticking around because I feel like it's been talked about. It was like, it's inevitable that he leaves and I'm with you. I think that's what I'm expecting. But I don't think that it's like a hundred percent like it seems to be talked about sometimes. Um, but point being, I didn't, I didn't mean to get too deep into that. Point being is that H is playing really well, and I, I think that he's found he's found his comfort, and that's really important for this Kings team. He, he's like the fourth guy more often than not. Um, but like we saw last night, he's he's has nights where he's capable of being the third guy, and I, I think it's good to to still see that. Um, I also totally glossed over. I I have these these clips that I've been meaning to play, uh, but totally glossed over, so that's my bad. And I just want to point out that when we talked about Kevin Herter, this would have been the perfect time to do it. But to backtrack... I thought you were going to. I know. I, I It slipped my mind. But during the the Brooklyn game, De'Aaron was mic'd up. And I think it was the NBA that put out a video. It might have been the Kings um, that put out a video of all his mic'd up moments. And the best moment by far was him talking about uh Kevin Herter and Chris clipped it and and put it up and I'm guaranteed to use this meme throughout the course of the year and specifically this wording of stupid. So yeah. here here's that clip.
0: I'm with going stupid
1: <laughs> going stupid. It is perfect. I love it. Um it it's just a fun clip. It just add to the collection of memes that we have for this King Squad. Um That boy, Kev, going stupid. It is is so good. Um, But, yes, just randomly throwing that out there. I should have done it smoothly (laughs) earlier, but I had to play that clip because it is one of my favorite things as of right now. Um, The other thing I want to talk about before we get into, because I I do think the most important thing is that Coach was really disappointed. But before we get into that, Marvin Bagley's return. Marvin. We also had Dadley sitting courtside. Yeah. Um
0: very prominent. Very he's a large man, so he's very hard to miss. And, and he's in Detroit Blue. Like... Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So I had tweeted out that I hope Bagley doesn't get booed. Um because he spent what you
0: were expecting.
1: Right. No, I and I I knew he would, but I was hoping it wouldn't be bad. Because when it comes down to it, <laughs> my point of view was that he spent three and a half years in sack. He got super injured. It's not his fault where he got picked. Um, and, like, I don't know how much it's his fault that he's just, like, not that good. Like, maybe that's wrong of me uh, because it, it's on him to get better, but he's been super injured. Again, I, I was just kind of looking at the human aspect of this guy spent three and a half years on the team. Like, is there a chance that some people don't boo him? like crazy and that's just not what happened but it absolutely makes sense why his dad talked a bunch of shit throughout the time that he was here bagley refused to check into a game at one point right Uh, i forgot about that and he talked shit after he got to detroit like i totally get it but what was your reaction to the the um yeah how the crowd treated bagley
0: I mean I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to be that bad. There was a 0% chance that that was going to go well for him. Um you know, it's it's not necessarily like you said. It's not that it's his fault. Um it's just when you mention all of the bad moments, sure. Uh, what were the good moments? Like, th- I think that's there were more, some though. There's no, the like, Mo Wagner dunk, obviously, which we will three, all we will six, all forever yes. remember. Where we were when we saw Marvin you, Bagley you, and Mo Wagner's life.
1: You specifically, fucker. You're always talking about <laughs> someone having a Marvin Bagley moment, and it is it's hilarious
0: <laughs> because it adds to it's. It's just yeah, the fact that it's Marvin is like so perfect, right. Um And it's like perfectly kings.
1: Uh There's yeah, the 360
0: that. lob yeah. against San Antonio. Let's not forget, I'm fairly confident both of these two moments were his rookie year.
1: Probably. And his rookie and, year was
0: good. His rookie, they, he was people forget he's a first team all NBA rookie right. for that season. It was the first five picks of that draft were made up the, the NBA uh rookie first team rookie that year. He had a really good rookie year. And there was some promise, but from the get go, it was we wanted Luca. It's also people have a tough time booing Vladdy. They did at one point. Um, but it's it's where do you place your anger for, the, for this right. situation? He's the only one who you can really place it in uh, on. And then you throw on the fact that his dad's an ass. And he a big problem, too, was Marvin was pretty childish about it. Like, let's not act like Marvin had nothing to do in this. You know, no, he l- could have l- shut all l- that like shit eight. down. Yeah, he was never, you know, I don't want to throw shade here but he he never uh owned up to anything or apologized or you know even made mention of like hey that's my dad he's gonna do what he does i fully support him that's not how i feel at all or he at least and he might have made that comment once but uh it did not feel like he was very vocal about it he did not go out of his way like he thought it was weird that he would get asked about it And he just, I just think he didn't have the right attitude. Um, He was, I mean, what is Marvin now? Like 22, 23? He's still super young. Uh, And he's, you know, he, he, I think was a very big family guy. And much like we saw with the LeVar Ball situation, I think it was honestly a lot more similar to that than people realize where his dad was incredibly involved in just about everything that had to do basketball-wise with his kids. Um and it was just a nasty situation. I you know, we don't need to talk about it too much longer, but I, I I completely expected it and I do feel bad for him. I 100% feel bad for Marvin. I think I was telling you uh you and Frankie yesterday like his dad is sitting courtside. His dad's an ass. His dad definitely knew that uh this was coming. There's probably a reason why he decided to fly all the way to Sacramento uh just to go sit courtside for this game. It was probably a bit for emotional support. Um, it, I'm 90% sure that most of it was because if Detroit won, he would have (laughs) walked on center court and done something completely reckless. But, uh, I, I, I think what, like, how tough is that? That is your, like, that's your 22 year old kid getting booed. Like it's a gladiator stadium. Yeah. Every time he touches the ball, every time he touches the ball, you felt like, you know, it's one thing to playfully boo. And it was playful booze, but there was a bit of animosity in that. Like you could oh, yeah. feel like it was a mob, not a mob. You know, I, you got to be, I got to be careful because people have decided to create actual mobs in these kinds of situations. Not this exact, but um, you know, it's, there was, there was definitely some anger behind it and that can't be a good feeling to For be sure. like, Holy shit well they set a new attendance 17, record yesterday yeah 17,200 whatever people all of them or whatever i'm sure it felt like all of them were just berating your child and you know that's viewing it from from Dadley's situation but imagine marvin as well who you know i'm sure he would like to have believed kind of like you that oh maybe you know i'm expecting to get booed but will it really be everybody and you know i'm sure he wasn't expecting every single time he touched the ball to just get berated it
1: was tough and i'm sure from marvin's perspective that it was tough like it was he 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 played okay for what it's worth uh yeah like, he, no okay. he definitely
0: i i would say second ha- like initially you could tell he was oh, caught yeah. up in the emotions of it all whether he it be brave. anger sadness i'm sure it was all i'm sure he it was mainly just adrenaline um, you could tell he was definitely forcing it early. And what in that first quarter, uh, he was now my computer's lagging, of course. Uh he he had definitely missed like three or four shots in that first quarter. Um, and you know, he I think towards the second half, he definitely settled in um and kind of found his game. But a big story for the game was foul trouble. He ended up with five fouls. He was not happy about that. You knew he really wanted to stay in this game. Uh, and, and yes. prove some things the fifth foul was pretty wild um but you know yeah it was it was a it, you know it it did make the night pretty fun i will say that like no one got hurt no one you know nothing the kings ended up winning i think we can at the end of the day say that that was a really fun as a fan too i'm sure that was a very very fun game to go to
1: nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv
0: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refunds. Subscription auto-renews. Twentieth Century Studios presents Vacation Friends Two. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Five, now streaming.
1: Dad!
0: He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Woo!
1: Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord
0: nice. I'm sorry. Drug lord nice. With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total oh. chaos. Just vacation Friends 2 rated R. Now streaming only on Hulu.
1: It totally was. The Bagley storyline was was definitely interesting. It is
0: let's not forget about the Kojo storyline either. Kojo was true. cooking
1: for a minute. It's true. And the Rex Kalamian style uh, storyline. Obviously. Defensive coordinator, former right. defensive coordinator right. for the Kings. Ugh. Um yeah, which former defensive coordinator says says something about the job he did, right. by the way. Uh, but yeah, I thought the Bagley thing was interesting. It's funny um funny's probably not the right word but i can't think of a better one i guess ironic that he hurt himself um he had <laughs> a little bit of a hand hurt. thing going on now funny's not the right word but ironic is, is it it's just it so fitting like man ironic. like yeah i it, we're watching bagley like he had this really nice putback dunk right and you pointed this out and then right afterwards he's running back up the floor grabbing his hand like the whole time and i hated how familiar it felt to watch Bagley just move around and like be clearly bothered by something. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was so ironic that that happened. Um, but I, I think the way to transition it back into the Kings is that like Shaw, it's a bonus to do him early. Mm. The way that he was yeah. just able to get wherever he wanted early. Right. Um, this is off ball fighting in, to get kind of post position. He could get wherever he wanted. And the Kings weren't very great at making an entry pass. And also they're not trying to just like feed the post and then watch some guy post up. That's just not how their offense works. But I think that like you see the clear difference in physicality that this Kings team has compared to teams of previous years. And Marvin Bagley is kind of the guy I'm using as that example. But the physicality of this team is just night and day. And I I think that that's been a, a really big thing for them in their recent success. But defensively, they were pretty damn bad this game. Um, they gave up 129 points to a team that had a 3 and 14 record coming in. That was without Cade Cunningham, without Sadiq Bay, without Isaiah Stewart. I believe all three of those guys are starters um, or maybe fringe starters that they were kind of playing with with different lineups throughout the course of the year. But it was, right? The Kings have their, their hot guys, which. Is hilarious wording if you don't understand yeah. the context, by the way. <laughs> uh, um, but they have their guys that they specifically do not want to let shoot threes. And then the other guys that they're not closing out as hard on, um, but they are still obviously not trying to give up threes. Like they're really bad at protecting the rim. And I think that's just going to be a thing with this Kings team. So they're making sure to not give up open threes. But what happened in this game was the guys that aren't your typical good three point shooters were lighting them up. Um, Bogdanovich is a good three-point shooter but Jaden Ivey four of four from three Killian Hayes two of three Kevin Knox three of five Corey Joseph two of three and end up 15 of 29 from beyond the arc at the at the time Um, and I want to run through I probably should have pulled the clip so you could hear Mike Brown's disappointment but I have the quote here that I'll read through of him in post game because he really wasn't happy with this game Uh, specifically on the defensive end it was just unacceptable and there's no two ways about it and the quote i have from from coaches um quote we gave up middle and we're a no middle team we got blown by we didn't come help like we're supposed to from the weak side when guys did drive the basketball we didn't communicate there were a couple of breakdowns where we had three guys around the ball and somehow some way nobody picks up the ball and the guy goes and scores a layup we didn't get out to shooters with a sense of urgency all the time especially the guys that are quote low percentage shooters coming into the game anybody can knock down a shot if you don't challenge a shot and they get in rhythm and they know you're not going to contest it's not running the low percentage shooters off the line but at least being there and making them feel you there were a lot of things defensively that I thought we did that we've done a better job of as of late and I thought we trended in the right direction but maybe this was one of those times where we took a couple steps backward tonight defensively hopefully we can start moving forward again on that side of the ball uh, what what is your reaction when the kings just won their sixth game in a row <laughs> 9 out of 11 and coach comes out feeling kind of pissed off with their performance
0: i like it because it's he's not wrong like there's nothing about what he said is wrong and i agreed with him after the san antonio game when he did the same thing when when he said i mean he he wasn't as critical i think as he, as he was in the detroit game mm-hmm. but um you know i think they're not you know he's not afraid to say like in the San Antonio game yeah the results might have been there but i didn't it, i think he even said it last night it's not about wins and losses sometimes it's about the the how how we got there um and if you don't like the process then that kind of is all that really matters because you can find ways to win ball games it's just if you're not playing the style that you feel like you want to play then it's not going to be consistent and it's not something that you're going to be able to, it's not going to be a real part of your identity. You're just kind of getting away on talent or, or whatever it is that, that they're getting by on, or, you know, maybe just the other team missing, you know, inopportune shots, um, that kind of thing. It's, it's good that he's holding them accountable, accountable, because the last thing I think Mike wants to do is have these guys start feeling their oats a little bit and feeling like, Kind of like what I was just saying, like, oh, you know, I yeah, I I heard you, Mike. I, I understood what you're trying to do. Um, but let me also put my flair on it instead of hammering down the basics because Mike is still uh, you know, he's only fifteen games into his King's coaching tenure right now. It doesn't take it takes a lot more than fifteen games to establish the team that you wanna be. Uh so he's still trying to instill those kind of things and make sure that these guys you know, yeah, they they should feel good about themselves for for toughing through six games and getting getting on this win streak, but that doesn't mean that we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing. And you know, that's just that's it's honestly just exactly what you would expect a coach to to feel like. You would hope that your coach isn't satisfied with just getting victories. He is really really concerned with the process, and it's you know that that is Mike Brown to a T is being incredibly. Uh, focused on the the nitty-gritty stuff that you can always tighten up. Where he even had, I, if I'm not mistaken, even in the Brooklyn game where they w- score 153 and win by 30 points, he still was like, no, there's some things that we can definitely tighten up on. And he's he's completely correct. There's always something that you can get better at.
1: I think it's a great mindset to have. And I, like you, totally understand where he's coming from. I mean, you can't give up 129 to the Pistons. Like, right. you just really can't. And he, he also acknowledged, obviously, their their offense was great. I think mean, he said the sky's the limit, you know, and, and he's been surprised at how quickly they've clicked on that end. But you can't rely on dropping 130-plus to win right. a game. It's just not sustainable in the NBA. I keep thinking about the 2020-21 20, 20, Hawks, second in offensive rating, but 26th in defensive rating. They won 43 games and then won the play-in and got knocked in the first round 4-1 to right. Miami. Like, I understand that's a good outcome for this Kings team. But I think that we didn't expect this level of offense. And if they can clean up the defense that the ceiling could be even higher than that, uh, which is kind of something we talked about a lot on the last episode. But I mean, how right. much do you think they can clean up the defense? Cause like I said earlier, like I, I don't think that there's any way that this team becomes a good rim protecting team. Like yeah. what is the ceiling for this team on defense?
0: The more and more I think about it, and the more that they allow the Spurs and the Pistons and you know these really bad offensive <laughs> teams to to continue to put up numbers Lakers. against them, the yeah the Lakers, um, the Clippers, honestly, uh, the more the worse I feel about the potential of the defense. Like you said, I don't, I don't think that the rim protection is going to get solved anytime soon. They're allowing um, near the top of the league, if I'm not mistaken, in in uh, at the rim uh, field goal percentage, which is incredibly tough because I do think that they, especially we saw against Detroit the other day, it felt like Jalen Duran was just killing them on the glass. In uh, size is a huge, huge issue for this team, especially if they're going to continue to roll with this nine-man rotation where it's really just Mezzi and Sabonis as the only true bigs uh, playing. It's going to be tough. I, I really don't know. The only thing that they could, I think that could be something that, Coach Brown has been hinting at with the continual link getting better because the only way that they can really tighten up the defensive end in my eyes at the moment is just being really disciplined and really funneling guys to help. Uh, and I think that that's been a huge problem for them. I think Harrison uh, in yesterday's postgame press conference said that the biggest thing they need to work on is still communication that's yeah. generally a very big issue for bad defenses, and it's been a huge issue for Kings teams in the past. Something that has probably been mentioned ten times a year. Um, that's it's concerning, but you know they can they can be better than they are now. They're twenty seventh currently in, in defensive rating. Um, they can maybe get to twenty third, maybe twentieth. Uh, you know, as the the season plays out and teams get more injured or, you know, just you get worse, essentially. De'Aaron said it the other day um, in his press conference that teams are playing really well right now. You mentioned at the top the Kings are a game and a half out of first, but also a game out of 10th. There's a lot of teams playing really, really good basketball right now. I would expect as the season plays out, teams to kind of figure out what they're trying to get out of the season And as that happens, you know, people will fall off. Um, But I was also just looking at it as you were talking earlier. The Kings have played seven of the Kings 12 opponents. Yes, seven of the Kings 12 opponents are in the bottom. What is that? 12 in, in offensive rating. They've played the Hornets, who are dead last, the Clippers, who are second last, Lakers, who are third last, Uh, Spurs are 26th in offensive rating, Pistons are 25th, Uh, they have also played Miami, who's 21st, and then Orlando, who's 19th. So that's seven of the Kings opponents already uh, are in the bottom 11 in offensive rating. Yeah, and, they're, and they're the defense that they are right now, which is uh 27th currently in defensive rating. So they haven't even been playing good offenses, and they have allowed a crap ton of points um, and just haven't played good defense against the worst offenses in the league. So there's not really much reason to, to believe that that end of the floor is going to get better. It'll be really interesting to me uh, on Sunday, I think, is when they play Boston, just how that game goes. Because Boston is if the kings are the the best offense boston is right on their tails as the second best offense in the league so if the kings can can hold them to 130 125 <laughs> like that honestly feels like a miracle
1: yeah we'll have to see if if it, they can survive in that sort of game with just right. putting up offensive numbers or if the defense is going to be better i think this whole road trip is going to be really telling specifically for their defense like memphis Boston or Memphis, Atlanta, Boston and Phoenix. This is hmm. all really good batch of teams. They could go one and three and I don't even know that I'd be that disappointed. They go right. two and two and I'd feel Absolutely. really good. So yeah. we'll see what ends up happening. Um, disappointing somehow a disappointing win, I guess. But a win is a win. And I think that's the most important thing that came out with a win. At the end of the day, The the Kings won.
0: The Kings won, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. The Sacramento Kings, oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. Box is so fast. Subban, us. It's so strong, yeah. Coach Mike is so smart, yeah. They're gonna play all around, yeah.
1: Just a little island, boys. Chris, you did uh, a, <laughs> on your, on your Kings Weekly. <laughs> I did. 1140, Sackdown SPORTS 1140, uh, Kings Weekly radio show every, what, Saturday? 11 to noon? Every
0: Saturday from 11 to noon. You
1: did a little background on the Island Boys. For I did. anybody unaware. What was the, uh, you, you got like the most fun fact from that?
0: <sighs> no, there wasn't really many like, <laughs> there wasn't really many facts behind them. There's really not much to them. They're just. Their names uh, were pretty
1: great. One of yeah, the Kodiak Red and
0: Fly Soldier <laughs> is their names. Their brothers, they're twenty, which kind of surprised me. Um, I mean, yeah, they're 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 pretty simple guys. They're just I they they've been arrested multiple times, which I mm. guess I was kind of surprised by because I feel like I don't know they gave off the vibe of like people who want to be about that <laughs> life, but <laughs> probably aren't actually about that life. It
1: seems like they might be about that life. But apparently they, so, they, right. uh, they owe their manager 150 k or something. Which is 150K. wild. And that's how we got the cameo.
0: It is. Literally <laughs> it literally like is. The, bro, they charge 180 That might be the, the funnest fact. They charge $180 per cameo. That was an 18-second video. It was $10 a second. Is that right? Yes. $10 a second for that video.
1: And shout out that's to insane. the... Uh, the small ball pod who yes. ate that bill for for the sake right. of all of us. Right. For some amazing content. I, I would say worth. Hopefully they feel the same. I would never pay that, but you no. Know, I, I love that they did. I love that I they appreciate did. It. Yeah. Um, I,
0: appreciate it. I think there's and, three and, and, of them. So maybe they split it 60, 60, 60. There's a third I, one? No, there's three. There's oh, three yes. guys in the yes, podcast. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I thought you meant Three Island Boys. Got you, got you. Um, <laughs>
0: Third Island Boy. He's on his own island.
1: Right, right. <laughs> You're <a> dumbass.
0: Um, <laughs> is, it, is
1: there any final thoughts on the Kings before we move to our overtime segment? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, we kind of asked. You mentioned a little bit earlier there. What do you expect? to uh i asked you this on king's weekly as well but like what do you expect to see from from this little road trip right here that they have going on with uh, at memphis at atlanta at boston uh no no jaw or bane in this memphis game coming up or, or possibly triple j as well Have him on my fantasy yeah. team he's uh he's just dealing with uh coming back from injury
1: Yeah, I think it's a good test, man. I mean, you mentioned like the offenses that they've gone up against so far are are not exactly uh, the best of the league is is kind of saying the least there. So I I think it's just like, how good is this Kings team? Because right now I'm like, okay, this team is for sure a play-in team. And I don't know how much higher than that we're talking. Like last episode, we spent a good chunk of it talking about like, do we need to reevaluate this ceiling? And I was kind of in the moment saying, yes. And I think you were a little more skeptical. Understandably so, but I think that this road trip will kind of give us a better idea, at least for myself, of like has this ceiling changed based on what we've seen so far? Because yeah. they're playing really damn good teams.
0: Yeah. And they're I mean, will the offense keep up as well? I mean, they're they're putting up crazy numbers, but saying that they continue to shoot well above 50 percent in just about all of these games uh so you know it's it it's been different guys different nights too which has been uh, another huge testament to how good their offense is that they're managing to stay it's it's always going to be somebody's night it feels like uh and so that the fact that they've been able to to stay hyper efficient while also getting multiple guys involved is uh is a good sign but can can that continue Also you know see. eventually I ha- always hate to bring this up but like I think I mentioned it last week injuries are going to happen like they just are So Bonus is going to miss a four game stretch Ho- hopefully it's no more than that Fox is has already missed a game but he might mi- you know he's had a lot of uh injuries in the past the most games he's ever played in a season he did play 81 games in the uh, in his second season, but besides that, it's been 40, 51 games, 58 games, 59 games. He has not been able to put together full seasons here. So, uh, c- can you know their their guys step up when they really really need to? Uh, that'll be the interesting thing for me, but
1: especially when they've grown. Like, I mean, there was so much reliance on the starters that last game. Thirty four minutes for, <laughs> thirty six for HB, thirty five for Keegan, thirty six for De'Aaron, thirty eight for Herder. Uh, Malik Monk was the guy on the bench who played nineteen, and then but he would have played rejected. more if he didn't
0: get tossed, right?
1: right. He would have played, but then after that, like, the bench wasn't doing it last night. Trey Lyles ten minutes, Metu fourteen, and
0: right,
1: yeah, Metu's been Metu wasn't great last night he was not 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 i've said enough about metu but it was kind of the same issues that i think we've seen before specifically lack of rim protection giving up those offensive rebounds with durin um i think a lot of that happened when metu was on the floor davion mitchell um was was okay but only saw those 14 minutes it was another night where he just played kind of when De'Aaron didn't he played a little Mm -hmm. bit alongside fox but not too much terrence davis only saw those three minutes so if somebody goes down, is, the, is there people on the bench that can walk into more minutes outside of Malik Monk? Because I think we know the answer for him. But after that, can any of these guys play substantial minutes? I think it's kind of TBD. And that that's something that'll, that'll be answered down the line. Um, but yes, overtime segment today. And again, it's anyone cool. unfamiliar, bringing this back around. I used to do this, but getting back in the swing of it. Overtime segment is a... I was going to say non basketball related, but I guess this is still basketball related. But it, it's just whatever direction mm-hmm. I, I want to take this. That's not focused on the Kings. In today's, the idea was I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw one of the uh, <laughs> I saw one of the uh, LeBron lies memes because this is a this is a hilarious thing right now. I think La, La fabrication is the name everybody's using. It's hilarious. Uh, Le Cap, whatever you want to say, <laughs> LeBron's lies are uh, a hot topic right now. And I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite LeBron bullshit moment? Anybody unaware? Okay, well, actually, we'll go through yours and then we'll go through mine and then we'll list some of the yeah. others because there's a lot and yeah. they're hello funny.
0: I'm gonna name two specifically that that okay. stick out. Um, one is the most recent one where he said he was bumping the Migo. The the reason why oh, this yes. all came up. <laughs> he uh, was recently after a takeoffs passing uh, in his postgame press conference was like wearing a suit and tie and all that uh, because I guess there's some p- famous picture of, of takeoff in the same suit. But a reporter asks him about it and he's like, man, you can ask anyone in that in that Miami locker room. When I got there in 2010, man, they couldn't get me to turn it off. I was playing Migos 24 seven in there like i I knew they were gonna be big all the way back then, yada, yada, yada. um the Migos did not form as a group until two thousand thirteen <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, know that 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 is hilarious, yes, so <laughs> that's kind of one of those where it's like you can maybe cut him some slack because he probably was bumping Migos in Miami, and like maybe he got the time frames mixed up, but he was pretty clear that it was like his first year in miami what what's um, the first
1: Migos song you remember hannah montana okay yes yeah yeah that's the one where Mont- that, that's literally what? the hannah whole song montana. yeah it's, hannah montana. Montana. Hannah montana. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a classic Migos
0: song where they just say the title wait, over is that, no, no, no 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 hannah montana is is future is, is, it? is it not i think hannah montana is fu- no hannah montana on. is migo's it is migo's yeah Ooh, hold on now i'm looking it up it is it is migo's Okay. Um, it might have been Versace, which is oh. also incredibly similar to Animal. <laughs> yes, Tana, where yes, they just <laughs> say Versace, 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 <laughs> Versace, Versace, Medusa Versace, head Versace. on me like I'm Illuminati. Oh, <laughs> Uh oh! It was Drake as well. That's probably the why I heard that first. Yeah. I, I, it was. Oh, you know what though? Actually, wow! It was it was Fight Night. It was definitely Fight Night. I don't know if I know hit him with the left, hit him with the right. i knocked the P out like fight night. I think so.
1: The The other two are definitely more familiar to me, but that is a great example of LeBron one. And I guess that's where they yes. started. I didn't realize that that's why this started recently. It's like
0: re sparked it. The yes. The other one is, uh, is probably the most popular one. Uh, and it okay. is, oh no, actually, oh, go ahead. Do you know about LeBron's books?
1: Yes, they're yes. so good, dude. So got ask the Godfather a, one
0: question. The Godfather right? one. Um, there's also like someone asked him. Uh, he's reading like the life and times of. I don't think that's <laughs> that's the title, but it's about. It's like an autobiography of Malcolm X. Yes. And someone asks him about that, and he's like, just like how strong he was, <laughs> and like his words in the '60s, and it's still relevant today. Just like big like book report that I didn't read the book right. or I read like two chapters the of notes. the book. Yeah, yeah, that definitely big energy. But yeah, there's there's the meme that LeBron does not get past the first page of a book because there are there is an alarming like an alarming a lot of pictures like more than five pictures of LeBron being on the first page of a book like walking in, you know how they do the tunnel cam and yeah. stuff like that, and people will take pictures. Which as who reads while the they car. walk, by the way? Exactly. Another point, too, he's probably not reading the book. Right. He just le-capping. wants to be, he's la capping He's <laughs> just trying to be seen. Uh, he wants photos out there of him reading Alfred right. Hitchcock novels. Like, right. I, I, I don't understand. I think he just wants to maybe be viewed as like, an intellectual which i'm not saying he's not but it's just a very weird way of of proving that right. i guess is his intention but those are definitely the two that that stick out the most to me
1: it's hilarious so uh on on your topic of the books i guess there's also the movie right he said before the godfather was his right. favorite movie and one time he got asked um from somebody that seemed like they were from overseas and didn't yes. speak great yeah. english i just saw this him, yeah yeah, um, what's your favorite line from The Godfather?
0: He says, he, see, he gives him so much. He's just like, literally, what is anything. your favorite part of The Godfather? Anything. Pretty much. And
1: he's like, there's so many good parts. Like, you could choose. You could choose. There's there's right. so many. It's like, bro, you he's can't like, do a single one. Like, like,
0: he diverts by making a, he's like, well, each one is nine hours. So there's, right. there's too, there's I can't too many it. moments. Yeah, too yeah. many. <laughs> and not even like, there's too many, uh, like a normal person. Oh, there's too many, like, I've I've never seen The Godfather. I personally have never seen The Godfather. There's right, I'm not want to talk about movies. They're way I've too never long. Right, you favorite. and I are definitely like the ones who do not watch movies. But I can at least like make some bullshit. Like, oh, there's <laughs> you know each one of them's nine hours, bro. Like you know there's of course the scene where where they close the door at the end of the movie, and like you're like you know that's that's leading into the next one, and uh, you know you know I just I love. I just, I I love mafia in general. Boom. That's how you bullshit. That's how you just sound more believable.
1: There's that one really famous quote in the middle of, of the first one that I don't want to say it because I don't want to butcher the quote, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, he could have came up with such better bullshit than (laughs) the, it's a really long movie. There's too many to pick. You decide. You you decide. (laughs) Yeah. Like what the hell is that? That was hilarious. Um, Not my favorite one that I have down because I thought that you might pick it is the Kobe 81 point game where he says this is the uh, this is the picture of the meme yeah. that is going around right is a super young LeBron I think he's got like a sweatsuit on or whatever yeah he, um,
0: it's definitely and, like mid 2000s LeBron yeah
1: yeah hairline on full display <laughs> uh and he says like yeah I, I told I told my friends the the day of the game that I felt like he, Kobe was gonna go for 70 today he's like I don't know why I said that but I, I just I just felt it And then he's like, and once he got to 70, I was like, oh, shit, he might as well go for 80 now. And it's like, bro, you did not sit there the morning of and predict that Kobe was about to drop 70. That is cap for sure. My favorite one, though, is this happened within the last couple years because he was on the Lakers. He got hit in the eye by Draymond in a game. Mm -hmm. And then later that game, he hits a game-winning three. That was crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And then in post-game, he says that after Draymond hit him in the eye, he was seeing three of everything and that he was seeing three rims and that he just shot at the middle the middle
0: one. Yes. I do remember.
1: He was not out there seeing three (laughs) rims and shooting at the middle. That is so much bullshit, (laughs) (laughs) but it is prime. La fabrication. It is great. It is hilarious. And I've loved these LeBron memes recently. Um, You know, I, he's probably going to say that he predicted Sacramento to end their playoff drought a couple oh, years 100%, 100%. ago. He's like, I knew Mike Brown was going to go there.
0: Once, yeah. once, once they signed Malik, <laughs> I seen Malik last I knew, year. I, I see do. the work <laughs> he put in. I said, they got Fox. They got harder. Now they got Malik. That's a playoff team right there.
1: I knew it before the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I told Mike. I told Mike that. Right,
1: right. Ask him. Ask him. Yeah. I told him. Yeah. No. So that that that's the overtime segment, I thought that those memes have been hilarious. Yeah. And I, I love that we both were able to mention ones that the other guy didn't remember because I there's know. so many <laughs> and guaranteed anybody right. uh, YouTube comments. Please tell us your favorite yes. LeBron bullshit story. Yeah. Um, Twitter as well. I, I think they're freaking hilarious. Um, I like the bullshit. The bullshit. Yes, le Cap, La Fabrication. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's great. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. Um, Chris Watkins of Sacktown Sports 1140. Return of the Roar podcast co-host with our guy Frankie Carticelli. Yes, Sacktown, or I'm sorry, yeah, Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, Kings oh. Weekly every Saturday oh. 11 to 2. Doing pre- and post-game work as well for them, right, on some of those it. shows. Yes. Yep. Anything else I'm missing? Got a lot of shit, my guy.
0: I know, and uh, I'm still broke. If you can afford, if you can believe it, um, tell no, me, that's podcast checks I mean, don't I, hit, man, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you, <laughs> podcast checks do not hit at all. Uh, I get paid in experiences. That's, that's right, right. What, what, uh, <laughs> what my employer would say for sure. Retweet, um, but things are going well, man, for sure. I'm I'm excited for to be hopping on this. I think uh, this is like something. This is I, I do a bunch of different shit but this is different than the other shit I do and I that's my main goal with me trying to do everything is having it's all still my voice it's all still me but having you know each be a different kind of avenue and and have a different vibe um and I hope people will enjoy me because it would really fucking suck if someone out there is just like bro I hate this fucking guy because I for sure would have been like that. I used to be a heavy consumer Before I was the podcaster, I was the podcast E. And I would listen to who's somebody who's not in Kings Media anymore so I can shit on them. Uh, oh, we don't got to do that. We okay, don't so shit. I would listen to Person X and I would be like, I don't fuck with this guy at all. And every time he's on a pod, I'm like, this guy's an idiot. So You know,
1: I, I, we can do one. Maybe a former broadcaster. We don't have to drop a name, but maybe a former broadcaster for the team. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. So I was
0: not mm-hmm. a heavy listener of right. said
1: person. Um, so Chris like, Watkins haters yeah. get in our comments. <laughs> right.
0: Please, <laughs> please, please <laughs> let me know so that I can, uh, I can get on even more shit that you listen to and fuck your entire listening shit. Wow.
1: There we go. There we yeah. go. PG podcast over here at, at Kings Bulls. Also.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really the biggest thing is I can curse on here. I can't curse with, uh, with anything 1140. So there we I'm go. Let the shit fly. There we go. I'm gonna let that, that motherfucker up. fly. <laughs> right, right. I
1: have to get the coach, uh, the coach running meme that you've oh, that you've talked about. I'm gonna have to get that. Turn audio the fucking jets on. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Top we gotta get that audio because this real one... quick.
0: Also, great audio too. De'Aaron yesterday saying, I "Get whatever fucking shot I want." Yes. Like, yes. Bro, I, that that's what we should have talked about when we were talking about his confidence because that was really like I have never heard De'Aaron say some shit like that before and when he said that I was like you're that fucking guy yeah like he literally was laughing it was like uh because I think it was uh brother Haynes what's his name Uh, (laughs) Mark Haynes Mark Haynes (laughs) 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 asked De'Aaron like uh how do you feel you know you used to say you're the fastest guy in the league like do you still feel that way and De'Aaron was like honestly he he pretty much was like I don't give a shit about that I got the full quote um
1: I use my speed when I have to. I feel like my pace is a lot better than it was in the past. The label doesn't necessarily matter to me. And he said, I get whatever shot I want, honestly. It doesn't really matter to me. The question just comes up a lot, but honestly, I don't care. I right. should have clipped the audio like you're saying because that is a great display of his confidence. He's literally laughing, saying, I get whatever La- shot I want, honestly.
0: Yeah. so like it's really – it. it's actually funny to me. Like, yeah. wow. and, and, and
1: then he <laughs> mentioned at some point in there that I, I didn't end up typing out because it, it wasn't the smoothest to transcribe some of long lines of like I'm shooting right up there with the best in the league like yeah he, he's that guy he's yes. that guy and he very and clearly he knows, has been he knows it he does and hopefully he keeps it up so but that's going to do it for this episode of the Kings Bulls podcast appreciate everybody in here uh on all listening platforms we got video form as well on YouTube um, so check that out and then i've been doing writing just like all the other great guys and gals at the king's herald um, on that site so take a look at kingsherald.com and take a look at their patreon to support local independent kings coverage and if you enjoyed this episode of the king's Pulse podcast please subscribe rate and review and hear from us again in the next couple of days